This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But you're saying, like, there's not really a store-bought vegan sub for Parm that you can get behind, at least not yet? At least not yet. Well, (laughs) good to know, like, the tech billionaires, you know, have some blank space to kind of work into there. Welcome back, Dinner SOS listeners and future callers. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. If it's your first time listening to the show, here's how it works. Each week, one listener brings us a dinner problem, and I'll work with one of our editors or someone from the test kitchen to try and solve it. And this week, listener Nico called in with a potentially devastating problem. See, Nico and his girlfriend Natalie love to cook. But lately, Natalie has developed a bad reaction to dairy, which makes it impossible for them to make their favorite recipes. So BA contributor and incredible vegan chef Chrissy Tracy and I are on the case. We'll each give Nico a recipe, but he can only choose one. Oh, this is fun. There's a lot turning right now. Two solutions, but our caller only needs one. That's this week on Dinner SOS. First up, we hear from Nico, who called in from Cincinnati. And as a bonus, Natalie hopped on the line, too. So I actually did this without even telling Natalie that I was calling <laughs> Surprise, <in>. you're on the <laughs> air. Surprise. But yeah, a dinner problem that we've been having recently, Natalie's kind of had some more dietary restrictions come up. Dairy has been mm. the main culprit. And so I called in to see if there's some way that we can take some of our best and most favorite and most trusted Bon Appetit recipes and make them dairy-free because the ways that we've been doing it so far are not... (laughs) Not the best. Not the best. Okay, so you've been cooking through Bon Appetit recipes, but you've been trying to adapt them to be dairy-free yourselves. And within the realm of dairy-free, is that just like a hard no? Is it some things are okay. What does that look like for you? It's kind of evolved over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. It started out for me as a dietary choice. And then when I tried to go back, I just couldn't go back. So I'm like, is it because I cut dairy out Mm. or was it inevitable? I don't really know. But it used to be more of like I couldn't tolerate ice cream and things that were really dairy heavy and rich. But now it's translated and it's like I can't even tolerate a tablespoon of butter or cheese or anything. So it's just gotten progressively worse. Talk to me about some of the recipes that are your favorites where you feel like you've come up short with your substitutions. So I have a list for you, Chris, of some of our favorite Bon Appetit recipes. And this is not all of them, but this is our... Tried and true. We have a whole binder full of Bon Appetit recipes. Stop. (laughs) So tell me the top recipes on that list of yours. So the one that comes to mind the most immediately, um, spicy sweet pork sambal noodles. That is a tried and true recipe for us. Okay. um, That uses butter. And then some other good ones. One of our favorites is the pasta with crispy mushrooms. That's an Andy Baragani recipe, right? I believe so, Memory serves? Okay. Heavy cream is in that one and butter. 
We also have been enjoying polenta a lot, mm. and that's something that we really have no <laughs> idea how to make dairy-free and still have it taste like it would with dairy, you know? And then another one on the dessert side of things is BA's best chocolate chip cookie recipe. Mm. And chickpea soup with celery and chili oil. This one is perfect, but we found that you know, the yogurt in that recipe is like what really brings it alive. So that one's been hard. Okay. And when you've been making substitutions, like for example, in the sweet and spicy sambal pork noodles, those might use like a couple tablespoons of butter at the end to kind of bring it together, correct? Yeah. What we've tried so far, we do ghee instead. And it, you know, it's a great finisher to use butter and it kind of brings it alive and gives it a, a great texture and the ghee doesn't really satisfy that. Yeah, I would agree. It's still great even without the butter. The bigger things for me are the ones that are very dairy heavy, like the pasta with heavy cream and the soup. We love that soup, but yeah. without the yogurt, it's it's hard. It's still good, of it's, course. It's bon just a appetit, little but <laughs> Yeah, you know, that pop of cool, tangy, creamy yogurt just offsetting the savory, deep richness and intensity and, and that kind of vegetal forward celery based soup. I can see why you appreciate that because <laughs> I, I appreciate that as a sort of foil myself. Um, and is Parmesan and very firm aged cheeses, those are also off the table, Natalie? I I think I'm getting to that point. I'm not yeah. quite there yet. I used to be able to tolerate like any type of cheese and I can't anymore, which is devastating because I love cheese so yeah. much. But as of now, I can still tolerate a parm, but yep. in smaller quantities. Yeah. You know, dairy, it's interesting, right? Because there's a, a number of different applications here that all kind of showcase a different side of what dairy is capable of when it comes to cooking both sweet and savory. Have you experimented with like cashew cream, things of that sort, like making that yourself? No, actually. Yeah, it would definitely be something I would be compelled to explore. That's good to know. Okay, well, listen, I'm going to do some work on my end, and then we will be giving you a call back hopefully in another week or two and talking through some options for you, okay? Thanks, Amazing. Chris. Amazing, thanks. Now, I'm no stranger to dairy-free recipes, but I'm an omnivore, so they're not always my go-to. I knew that for this challenge, I needed someone who was more than familiar with this diet. I grew up vegetarian, which I think gave me so much perspective into cooking, and then I transitioned into veganism a little bit later in life, so it's been a journey. Chrissy Tracy is a Bon Appetit contributor and vegan chef extraordinaire. She's contributed some fantastic plant-based recipes to the Bon Appetit website. At this time, we're just gonna set our mushrooms aside and we're going to prepare the flour mix and the buttermilk, the vegan buttermilk. That's Chrissy making fried oyster mushrooms for us back in 2020. So when I explained Nico and Natalie's situation to Chrissy, she knew exactly what they needed. Yeah, I'm already thinking if they're into the pasta dishes, I'm already yeah. thinking straight off the bat that the vegan cacio e pepe dish that I created with Brad might be a really nice dish for them to look at. There's a there's a lot turning right now. I didn't want to lead the witness here, but like your vegan cacio e pepe, <laughs> I thought of immediately when they mentioned yeah. the candy recipe because you even call for mushrooms. If memory yeah. serves, or am I thinking of a different? Yes. Yeah. 
it's really freaking good. Like I got yeah. I think that's very important to me when I am thinking about like dairy-free dishes or how to kind of replicate dishes that I used to really love. And it's very difficult. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, I'm going to just have to let this go. And I will be honest, like I know a lot of times people, they shy away from using some of the plant-based alternatives that exist for like heavy cream. And personally, I'm not like a super fan of a lot of the dairy-free cheeses right now, but There are a few good ones. Like, so there are some good swappable ingredients that you can buy to make your life a little easier. So you don't have to like eat everything from scratch. But again, that's why I like the cacio dish because it it, it comes together pretty simply and is still full of flavor and it's filling and satisfying. Yeah. If you have like a list of the products that you do vouch for, you know, by Mm -hmm. all means, let's like send it over to them too. Cool. Like we don't have have to to. just stay in the recipe lane here. Cool. Cool. I can't wait to Um, talk to them. We'll chat again soon. Okay. Very cool. I'll talk to you soon. So Chrissy's coming to play with her vegan cacio e pepe recipe. And I thought I'd offer a dairy-free dessert to try and replace the BA's best chocolate chip cookies in Nico and Natalie's hearts. After the break, we'll share our recipes and present Nico a wide range of dairy-free substitutions. Hey listeners, Chris Morocco here. If you find yourself in a dinner crisis, the Epicurious app comes to the rescue. Not only will you unlock over 50,000 recipes from Bon Appetit and Epicurious, but you'll also receive daily personalized recommendations based on your unique preferences and dietary needs. Head to the Apple App Store and download the Epicurious app to kickstart your seven-day free trial today. Don't miss out on this culinary adventure. Start your free trial and let the Epicurious app be your kitchen hero. Happy cooking. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. Before the break, Chrissy and I brainstormed some recipes to help Nico and his girlfriend Natalie explore the world of dairy-free cooking. And as Chrissy explained when we called Nico back, the key isn't simply to make ingredient substitutions. Because not all things can be, you know, replaced in a way that's equally as satisfying. But there are, you know, little tweaks and things you can do along the way to really make it work. And I would say my experience is uh, kind of unique. I grew up vegetarian my whole life. And so loved cheese, loved dairy. And then I developed like a stomach issue where I got that dairy allergy from. And I had to make a lot of switches that I wasn't quite ready to make. And it sounds like Natalie is kind of going through that sort of transition <laughs> right now, which can be difficult. It's the exact same. She's so bummed about it. She's not here right now, but yeah, she would be telling you how much she's <laughs> missing cheese, especially. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
oh, I miss it still, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Chrissy, I think, has some, like, really specific kind of action points in terms of Mm -hmm. the dairy-free subs that you've, like, really turned to, Chrissy, in your cooking. But I was really curious, Chrissy, to have you as a co-host because you are used to creating, you know, vegan solutions for the culinary questions that, like, we've been asking ourselves here, like, Mm -hmm. right, how do you make something creamy? How do you make something rich and satiating, you know, without the ease of heavy cream or dairy-based butter? Absolutely. Because obviously one of the most essential things to cooking is the addition of fat. That's where you get so much flavor. And when you can't rely on these animal sources of fat, it just becomes seemingly more difficult automatically. So I've been testing so many products over the years, I can't even tell you. And ultimately, when it comes to substituting butter and getting that creamy richness and that fatty punch at the end of a dish, I've turned to Country Crock avocado plant butter sticks. I can't tell you how amazing they've been, not only for cooking, but also for baking. And it still gives you quite a bit of that buttery flavor. So I think that would be a really, really great swap for you. The other really great recommendation I have for you is the Miyoko's brand Cultured Vegan Butter. The only downside I'd say is it's a little bit pricier for less product. However, when it comes to richness of flavor, because it's cultured, it has an additional oomph that just kind of brings it it over the top. Country Crock, you can find at, you know, Stop and Shop, so it's so easily accessible. Whereas Miyoko's, sometimes you can find it in some Stop and Shops and ShopRites, but mostly at like a Whole Foods. And Nico, for reference, this is not like a sponsored thing at all. Like, you know, I've just, I've literally, you know, seriously, it's really fascinating to just line up, you know, a number of different products in a category and just see what's what. Once you taste like five versions of a plant-based butter, like, you know, real fast, even just like, how does it behave? Like, how does it melt? How does it perform? when you go to use it as a sub for butter in various capacities. So anyway, thank you, Chrissy, for those recommendations. And so being somebody who's used to kind of building vegan dishes from the ground up, Chrissy, do you want to go first in terms of the dish that you were thinking about to help get Nico and Natalie (laughs) back on the creamy and compelling track? Absolutely. So I got to say, Nico, one of my favorite go-to dishes. It is my own recipe, but it's something that I have probably bi-weekly as one of mm-hmm. my dinner meals is my vegan cacio e pepe dish. Obviously, a traditional cacio e pepe is very simple, cheese and pepper, but it was one of my favorite dishes to make when I was vegetarian. So I really wanted to recreate it and to see how I could get that creaminess and still get all of those flavors that you would get in a traditional cacio. So what I did here actually was use a combination of soaked cashews and miso. And when you add a little bit of acid from like the lemon juice, it kind of all comes together in a way that makes you feel very not only just full, but also very satisfied. Cashew cream tends to be one of my favorite go-tos for kind of that heavy, rich, creamy replacement in any recipe or in many recipes, I should say, because it comes together pretty quickly, all things considered. What I like to do is soak cashews overnight and then blend them with water, a little bit of nutritional yeast, a little lemon juice, and really you can add salt or anything else to it if you wish, depending on whether you're going sweet or savory with the recipe. But when you blend that together, it is so smooth and so creamy and so rich, you wouldn't even miss dairy in that moment. 
And Chrissy, do you have to soak them overnight? There are two ways to do it. But if you want the absolute best flavor, I do overnight. But blanching them works just as well if you're just looking to get that nice creamy consistency. Yeah, I think the recipe calls for boiling them for 20 to 25 minutes. So, okay, how long will this keep for? Yeah, so I'll usually batch it out and keep it around for a week in like a mason jar in the fridge. Sometimes it might slightly separate, but all you have to do is give it a nice little shake and it comes right back together. And I know you were kind of a big fan of that creamy pasta dish with the mushrooms. And the other thing I would say is that in this dish, one of the things I did was do seared maitake mushrooms over the top. Oh, it's um, so good. So yeah, I just kind of felt like that could really work really well for you. You know, miso just adds, as always, a really nice umami depth of flavor to any dish. It's funny. So that is a recipe that we published on Bon Appetit. There's a mm. fun video of Chrissy and Brad Leone making it. I've eaten this recipe. Zainab, Issa, like I think cross-tested it in the kitchen like going back a year ago. And I was there that day and it was banging. I mean, it was <laughs> it was just like what I love was that okay, bear with me here. There are these kind of pillars of different kind of categories of flavor, right? Like we've all heard about salt, fat, acid, heat, Mm -hmm. maybe add sweet onto that too. And when you start taking things away from like cacio e pepe, right? It's like, oh shoot, all of a sudden, are you entering a world in which you're just tasting the lack of something? (laughs) But the miso brings a very similar, funky, deep very rich, sort of like satiating set of flavors to it. Absolutely. And then if you want to layer on the mushroom on top of that, you know, there's no more flavor dense mushroom (laughs) for me, you know, than a maitake. I think that is like a really wonderful recipe for you both to try. Yeah. I mean, it sounds amazing. We would definitely put mushrooms on top. You can guarantee that. But (laughs) (laughs) Always. When in doubt, fungi. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Nico, so, I mean, listen, I never seem to be able to play by our own rules on this podcast. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to tell you you have to do that recipe, but I think sooner or later, that would be a great one for you to do. Cashew cream, you know, as a sub for heavy cream, it really pulls it off in that recipe. I think you'll be surprised. And I was looking at some different baking recipes. And honestly, doing without dairy is way easier than doing without eggs, just in terms of Mm -hmm. like ease of substitutions. And, you know, the fact of like just being able to find more recipes that I think you'll be able to flex within. You mentioned the BA's best chocolate chip cookie. And I wanted to propose an alternative cookie for you to consider making. And this is the chewy date and dark chocolate cookies that Zainab Issa did. This is a recipe that uses olive oil for fat. Olive oil in a cookie, which is very unusual. Olive oil, a little bit of tahini, and then it's got some refined sugar and eggs and stuff in there. So it's got a really wonderful chewy structure, but no butter. And I couldn't quite vouch for the BA's Best Chocolate Chip Cookie working with kind of an alternate form of fat or tasting Right. right necessarily. But this is a recipe that's like, you know, really skewing that line between sweet and savory. And I think would be a really fun one for you to try. And then it's just got like big chunks of dark chocolate. It's got pieces of date in there, which are just so sticky and chewy and bright and caramelly on their own. I think it's just a a wonderful one if you're looking to avoid dairy. I'm just a huge fan of olive oil and baked goods in general. Oh my God, me too. 
it really works like bringing just like a lot of flavor density and just a little bit extra intrigue, you know, rather than just kind of like plain refined flour or white sugar. Like as soon as you kind of enter that world of, okay, go from like neutral oil to olive oil, go from white flour to a little bit of whole wheat at least, you know, you start building in like flavor and you start seeking it elsewhere. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that one too. You've got vegan cacio e pepe. You've got a olive oil, chocolate chunk, date cookie, and hopefully a pretty solid recommendation in terms of a plant-based butter that you should absolutely seek out. Also your nutritional yeast, it does some pretty wild stuff just in terms of like versatility. It sounds like you could be using it in a few more applications in which you might otherwise turn to Parmesan. Do you mind if I chime in here real quick? Oh, gosh, yeah. So it was interesting you brought that up because one thing that I absolutely love to do, Nico, is mix nutritional yeast, macadamia nuts, a little garlic and onion powder, and salt. Mm. Mm, and huh. put that all together in a food processor and get it really fine and use that as a Parmesan substitute on all my pasta dishes. I got to say it brings in like an extra layer of flavor on top of any pasta dish and it's quickly become one of my favorite things to do. So I think that might be a nice kind of pantry staple for you to have around. Store it away in a mason jar for quite some time. That sounds amazing. I love that. That That's super smart. I mean, Parmesan has a lot of flavor and there's depth there in umami, but it's like it's salt in umami as, as much as it's anything. Absolutely. You know? I got to say the macadamia nuts do really well. Yeah, I never would have thought of that. Macadamia <laughs> nuts. I feel like kind of the unsung hero of why do they get such a bad rap? I don't know. I, you know why? I think People it's the, hate on it's macadamia It's the white nuts. chocolate macadamia nut cookies. The Gen Pop does not <laughs> like those. I don't know why. I love them. Okay. <laughs> Nico, do you feel psychologically equipped to move forward with this exercise? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay. Wonderful. Well, we will wait for you to report back and, you know, really look forward to hearing how this goes. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be cooking it for my family too. So we'll get even more thoughts. On, awesome. On even more feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so we sent Nico our recipe options, Chrissy's vegan cacio e pepe and my choice, the chewy date and dark chocolate cookies. After the break, we'll get Nico and Natalie back on the line to find out how Chrissy's substitutions are helping them navigate dairy-free life now. Hi friends, I'm Cameron Rogers, mental health advocate, mom of two, content creator, and host of Conversations with Cam. This podcast is dedicated to having honest conversations, prioritizing your well-being, and reminding you that no matter what you're feeling, you are not alone. We'll discuss mental health maintenance, the ups and downs of motherhood, the trials and tribulations of life, and have a lot of fun along the way. Whether you're knee-deep in diapers or just trying to keep your sanity intact, this podcast is for you. Expect laughs, maybe a few tears, and hopefully some breakthroughs along the way. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes of Conversations Conversations with Cam every Wednesday morning. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. So after a few weeks went by, we got Nico and Natalie back on the phone to find out which recipe they chose. And I'll just say the results were absolutely shocking. We are deciding to go with the vegan cachoe a pepe. Just kidding. Uh, they better have picked Chrissy's recipe. Anyway, back to Natalie. We're choosing this because I have yet to find a good alternative 
too heavy cream in recipes and I really miss having a good kind of heavy, dense, dairy-filled pasta. So we're gonna see how it compares to my memory. It's been a while. Nico and Natalie, welcome back. And, and welcome <laughs> back, Chrissy. You both chose the right recipe, unequivocally. <laughs> I gave you that cookie recipe like as a ringer because I needed you to choose Chrissy's. Right. And I was like, what recipe fulfills the brief of being dairy-free? Sounds delicious. And like, I'm not just like throwing in the towel, but ultimately will not be chosen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Before we continue, Chrissy, will you explain how to make your vegan cachoe pepe? Okay. First, you make your cashew cream by soaking your cashews in cold water overnight. Then, drain them and blend them with garlic, miso, and some fresh water. Next, cook your mushrooms in a skillet until brown. I personally prefer maitake and shiitake. Cook your pasta until very al dente, about two minutes less than package directions say. While it's cooking, you'll make the sauce by sauteing red pepper flakes, onion powder, and black pepper in oil. Once the spices are fragrant, pour in your cashew cream and stir vigorously. Add pasta cooking liquid to the skillet and whisk until the sauce is creamy, adding more pasta cooking liquid as needed to achieve a smooth, silky sauce. Stir in lemon juice and season to taste. Then, transfer your pasta directly into the sauce, add most of your mushrooms, reserving some for garnish, and cook for two more minutes, tossing often until the sauce is hot and the pasta is al dente. I love what Chrissy did with this recipe. I'm a huge fan, but walk me through. What was your experience like of making it? So our experience was actually pretty easy. So we ended up making this twice. So we made it last night to refresh our memories (laughs) (laughs) because we had made it like a little bit ago, but it definitely went more smoothly on the second time around. I think my reservation for it was that a cashew cream or something um, like that would take a super long time to make and it would be pretty complex compared to a heavy cream, like something I was used to. So I was like, dang, is there going to be a time trade-off here? But actually, I was very surprised in that it was so easy. And besides setting the cashews in water for 24 hours, it all came together super, super quickly, which I think impressed us both. Yeah, totally. Mm. Awesome. And were there any issues, like, in terms of just making it, things you were questioning, like, as you're engaged in the actual process itself? The first time we did with... um real parmesan as like the topper and then the second time we did the vegan parmesan as Mm. the topper which was super interesting i would say to my recollection there was no issues with cooking the actual dish i think when i did the vegan parmesan i ended up grating all the little macadamia nuts by hand which was (laughs) a mistake (laughs) looking back but besides that like it it was you know a pleasant surprise that it worked out yeah honestly what took the longest is the bucatini so yeah (laughs) just cooking i love to hear that i would say hand grating does take a lot of time (laughs) depending on how much you're trying to create I have used my food processor before to just kind of get like these dense coarse bits of um, the macadamia nut rather than hand grating. So that's something you could do moving forward if you were to use it again. I'm curious, Nico and Natalie, as you kind of worked with the cashew cream, did it make you feel like that was a product like as a component of the vegan cachoe pepe that you could see yourselves using 
elsewhere or being kind of like made to be a little bit more versatile outside of the context of that recipe? Yeah, I think for sure. I think that this is definitely something that when we have some extra time, we could make a little bit in advance and keep it in the fridge, like a heavy cream or like an Alfredo sauce or something like that. So it's just really exciting to have more of that option again um, in some way that tastes similar and is also similar in consistency. Yeah. And I'm curious, have you had any other successes in the sort of week since we spoke? Any other kind of like revelations in your life about useful products or substitutions? Totally. And props to Chrissy for sending the substitute for all the butter. The country crock has been a definite winner. And we've been able to kind of put those in some of our traditional dishes. We even tried it with the sambal and it worked out great. So I think doing this whole experience and just kind of like making the cashew cream has made us a bit more adventurous with some of these even vegan recipes. So earlier this week, we actually made a potato cauliflower baked soup and it was delicious and it was fully vegan, no dairy, uh, nothing like that. So I feel like you two have that spirit of adventure that'll put you in good stead to kind of work through some of these things yourselves and hopefully find some more great solutions. Totally. I think as a growing opportunity for our culinary skills, it's been awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. Any other wisdom, final thoughts from you, Chrissy, in terms of things that have made a difference in your life or other ways you'd steer these two forward? I mean, nothing's ever necessarily going to be the perfect one-for-one swap just because at the end of the day, dairy is dairy. And that is definitely something that was really, really hard for me to let go of in recent years. But I've definitely come to a place where I'm very comfortable with the way that I eat and I really enjoy the meals I make. You know, I've gotten to the point, and I think you can too, where people might try your cooking and they won't even realize that it's dairy-free. I think that's the main point here is just making sure that you can still make really great food with the limitations that you have. Yeah. And I feel like it's an exciting time too, because there's a lot more alternative options, at least within the last couple of years even. So I'm excited to see what other alternatives continue to emerge. And hopefully like we'll see more dairy-free little like icons on restaurant menus and stuff (laughs) coming up. Big yay. (laughs) Yay's all around. Well, thank you both so much for coming on. Thank you, Chrissy, for co-hosting with me. Really appreciate your insights. I really, truly, unequivocally could not have done it without you. (laughs) So thank you for being here and being part of the conversation. Thanks for including me. And it was really nice to meet you guys, Nico and Natalie. Good luck on your journey. Thank you. Best of luck. Thanks for bringing us on. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. And listeners, we've been tackling a lot of savory dinner SOSs lately, which is great. But for an upcoming episode, we want to hear all of your questions about cakes. So if you have a cake emergency or even just something you've always wanted to know, get in touch. You just might hear your voice message or email on the show. You can find the recipes featured on today's episode, vegan cacio e pepe and chewy date and dark chocolate cookies, plus the rest of the Bon Appetit recipe archive on the new Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Chrissy Tracy. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Leah Kasher is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Next week, how to meal plan without having to eat the same stir fry for a week. It's fine to reuse, and, and I mean, we all do that, but it's just, I'd, I'd like to be more excited because eating is often the fun part of the evening, and I'd like for it not to be the same each night. <laughs> we are cooking along here at the Cincinnati Test Kitchen. <laughs> are you nervous about anything for this recipe? I'm nervous about how long it will take because I'm really hungry. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media, comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. from PRX.